I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is 40 with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything, get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in, Sporty Nation. It's nice to be talking to you all. I wish I was talking to you all with a USA win, but um, unfortunately that is not the way that I'm talking to you today. I think Richie and I still really aren't over it yet. It's been a couple days, but we, I think we're still mourning the loss. We are extremely happy, though, of the massive turnout that always, I feel like, comes around whenever the USA women's game um, comes on, but it's on to another four years when the rematch between USA and Canada, I'm sure we'll be back. But with me, per the usual, my wonderful, amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores, how you doing? Hello, Corey. I am, I'm doing well. Uh, we are recording late on a Sunday, so I'm doing sp- splendiferous. It's been a week since the Rams won the Super Bowl, so things are are looking up, but in case you're wondering, there were 3.54 million viewers for the women's gold medal game, and is the second most watched hockey game in the United States since 2019, behind only the title clinching game five of the 2021 Stanley Cup final when Tampa Bay beat Montreal. So it's one of the most viewed hockey games, period. Not just women's hockey games, but hockey games, period. And it is more highly rated than any NHL game has been televised in the U.S. this year as well. So a lot of people tuned in, and it was a pretty good game. The U.S. made a game of it in the third period there. But, yeah, I think you, you're you right. It's uh, It was still frustrating to watch the U.S. lose that game in the fashion they did. And, and, um, and there was a lot of question marks surrounding that game. But you're right. Now we got to wait. A few more years. We do have the world championships every year, obviously. Can't have to mention those. But yes, now we have to wait until Italy in 2026 for the next Olympics. Winter Olympics at least. So I would I would think by then everything would be pretty well over and whatnot. How what what do you have to do in order to be able to go in and watch things? Because I feel like going to Italy to watch the Olympics might be fun. Oh yeah, especially from what I understand, this part of the country that that they're going to. Let's see, here, twenty twenty six, Italy. No, not twenty sixteen, twenty twenty six. Ooh, take Italy. a time machine. Go yeah, back. right. Um, it's they're going to be. In Milano, Cortina. I, w- I would just love to take a trip to Italy regardless, like no matter where it's at. And then we can go and watch it in person. Oh, yeah, that would be that would be awesome. S- sporty uh, trip to Italy. And then <laughs> we could, you know, just basically take pictures and videos, put it all out to the Sporty Nation. They love it. We'd love it. I think I think it's what we got to do. I would love to make that happen. Trust me. That'd be, that'd be awesome. That's like a bucket list thing opportunity 
to be able to do that. That's four years from now. I'm going to be 35. <laughs> God. Don't, don't. I'm going to be, be halfway to 40. Don't age yourself like that. Don't go that far in advance. You know, that's one of the things that is always very difficult is to sit and look at yourself, you know, however many years in advance, because it feels so old when you say it, right? When you say like five years older or whatever, but then when you get there, you're like, oh God, that's like not old at all. And you look at it in such a different way than you did when you were sitting there looking at yourself like five years older. That's so true. That's a very positive outlook on this. It's true because like, think about it. When you were, when, when you went from like 22 to 27, is there a lot of maturity in that? Yes. But you still don't feel so far away from it that it was like, oh, that was another life. Like if you, if I compared when I was in high school, now that feels like another life. Now that my 10 year reunion's coming up and I'm having to hear people talk about that, um, which I am not going to. I don't know. Do people even go to their reunions anymore? Their high school reunions? Everyone has everyone on social media. Yeah. So I was invited to mine, but I didn't go because I was working that night. So I wasn't able to attend. And like, I think everybody who mostly still lives here in Arizona anyway, they all just met up somewhere like a bar or something. And then that was the, that was the reunion. Yeah, so that's what I've heard. Like, some people are saying, like, that one, someone that they know, they had, oh, that's what it was. It was um, one of one of our, our friend group, one of their friends who um, also went to Mountain Ridge with them. He, apparently their class, only, like, six people are apparently, like, showed up for it. So they all just went to a bar somewhere. And so... I was like, I was like, does no one actually show up for these? And we had gone on to a conversation about it because um, one of our friends um, was supposed to plan it for for them at, at Mountain Ridge, and um, he was like, I, you know, I really don't want to be doing this because I'm getting married in September, and I, you know, I'm already planning a wedding. I don't want to have to plan that too. Because, like, I guess if you're class president, that's, like, your job to do the reunion. And so we'd brought up that conversation. I hadn't even thought about looking on... I don't ever go on my Facebook part of it. But, like, looking on there to see if there's a group for all of this. And so I went on there and I looked at it and I saw it was like, oh, the date will come closer um, when... The date will come we'll know the the date when it comes closer, it's going to fit into um, my alma mater's um, homecoming plans. And then I like paused for a second. I was like, wait a second. We don't, they don't actually throw these things in the, in the gym. Do they? I have like so many questions for this. Like it, it made me feel really old because when I was a kid, when the, when the, People from American Pie got old. They made an American Pie where they all went to their reunion. And I was like, oh, what old people. And like now that I'm at it, I am like, I, I don't look at it the same way 
for one, like I don't feel as old anymore. Like, you know, that people are that old that are going to the reunions for one. And two, I just, I don't understand a lot of the basis behind them. I think maybe back in the day, I understand them, but I don't understand them as much now just with social media and all that. Like I can probably learn about half the people that I haven't, but the problem is I've forgotten most of their names anyway. So like, how would I even look them up? But I was not, it's, it's so true. I mean, there are probably people that are very, very into like, they knew all their people in their high school. That was not particularly me. Um, I, I, all the people that I hung out with were either a, a year older than me and kind of up. And then, um, and then I, I, I hung out around a hockey rink most of the time. So um, that, that was kind of more of my high school. And a lot of the people that I just do know, I'm friends with them on social media and I know what's going on with their life. But I'm not kidding you when I tell you there's literally only one person that graduated with me that I actually still talk to this day. And it's my best friend, Cassandra, who's literally going to be in my wedding in a couple months. So... I just don't find the point in it. And when it came to Scotty's friends, they were like, there's no point in us really going because all of our, they have a, they're all a bunch of friends from high school, but it's just their group. And all they would do is do what they would normally do when we all go out, which is all sit together and talk about the normal shit they're talking about now. It's not like an actual reunion with anyone. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's 100% true because like you watch tv shows and stuff like that where they do high school reunions on the tv show and I've, I've been re-watching psych lately and they had an episode of that show where there it was based at a high at their high school reunion for sean and gus and like this was you know pre-social media obviously and so they all show up to their old high school and they have it at their gym and they all see everybody for the first time, obviously, in 10 years. And, like, that's the thing. I feel like that's, like, the the TV movie version of it is everybody shows up to their old high school and they do it that way. But nowadays, you're right. Like, most of the time, you're on social media with the people you are from people who you went to high school with. Most of them you don't talk to anymore and or care about for the most part. So it's, I, you don't really need, like you see all the pictures of their kids. That's what out basically all social media is to me anymore for, for um, every, anybody I went to high school with is they just post pictures of their kids on a consistent basis. And that's about it anymore. It's like, cool. Thanks. Good to know you guys are doing well. And then, and that's it. End of story. <laughs> don't need to actually have a reunion for that. Yeah. And well, and that's kind of the thing is, the people that you care about, you usually find them or, and then there's also, you know, the people that really want to just be in other people's shit. Like I know the people from my high school that want to spy on my shit because of the fact that they will try my Instagram's private. They will try and follow me on Instagram. And I'm like, Oh, guess who's wondering what I'm doing now. I'm half the time. I'm like, why don't they just listen to my podcast? Half the time you could basically hear that and know what's going on with me. I also have been dating the same guy that I was dating when I was in high school. It's like, it's not that much of an exciting mystery of what I'm doing in my life. But, um, so with all of that, you already know the people 
that are the ones that would be like, oh, I wonder what they're up to now because they, they make it very abundantly clear that they're trying to spy on you. And then um, the people that you want to spy on, you usually do. So I, I don't I don't see the point in them anymore. Are they an actual relevant thing or did they go out with technology just like other things have? Like, All right, well, let's move on, Corey, and uh, talk a little bit about the coyotes. Couple stories this week. Um, first of which is some more Jacob Chicken rumors. We've already been over this ad nauseum, so we don't really have to talk much more about it. I think Corey and I have made it very well known. But being seeing as we are a podcast which prides ourselves in giving you the latest and up to date information on the coyotes instead of bringing in um, dogs on the show, um, we are going to tell you that according to the fourth period and David Pagnotta, that there is an increased level of activity surrounding Jacob Trickering trade discussions and that the LA Kings are the current front runner. Um, one of the prospects the Cowboys are allegedly looking for in a package is Gabe Velarde, who was selected 11th overall in 2017. Apparently he's had some injury struggles um, along the way. Uh, he had 23 points in 54 games last year. He's only got one assist in seven NHL games this season. So, um, and then uh, he's he's playing well in, in AHL, 29 points in 29 games. So that's the latest surrounding Jacob Chikrin. I don't know if trading for an injured center who hasn't really developed into much yet, basically on the same track as Barrett Hayton. Does that, does that not sound – those stats – I just read to you sound like Barrett Hayton's stats too. Yeah. I, I I will always kind of go back to the original thing of this is going to keep coming back around and around and around and around for God knows how long. And I will still never be okay with it. I don't think there, there's a very, very, small window where I would be okay with it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand the Gabe Velarde thing. Uh, again, he was drafted again in 2017 and, um, and still hasn't really made an impact at the NHL level. So it's somebody who just hasn't developed quite along the same path as you expect him. And to trade a, a guy like Jacob Chickren, who we know can be an elite defenseman in this league, is just ridiculous. So, again, the trade deadline is coming up in Mar- at the end of March, I believe. So we're still a little bit away from from the trade deadline. And speaking of trades, we did have a trade related to the Coyotes this week. We saw the Coyotes trade defenseman Ilya Labushkin and forward Ryan Zingle to Toronto for Nick Ritchie and a um and a, and a draft pick which the Coyotes have the option of taking, apparently. They have the option of either taking Toronto's third-round pick in 2023 or a second-round pick in 2025, and the Leafs try to get rid of that salary of Nick Ritchie. So I'm going to miss Ilya Labushkin. I was, I was a big, pretty uh, – I was a fan of his, right? He was a nice little player on the, the bottom pairing, good defense – decent defensive defenseman, nothing spectacular. But I feel like a lot of fans liked him too. Yeah, and, and he'll actually be the one that will be playing coming out of this. Um, 
he's joining them in Columbus on Tuesday. Um, but Zingle will be going on waiver. So they didn't even um, have a place for him. It was more of kind of a getting rid of a contract type situation for them, as you had said. But um, yeah, I, I'm going to miss him a bit too. But I feel like at this point, everyone except for a few, which I've said, you know, in certain situations, like in the fact of Jacob Chikrin, um, except for those certain people, um, everyone is kind of expendable at this point. And we all we really know about all of this going forward is that they are going to try and grab every single draft pick they can find. I swear to God, it reminds me, if you've ever seen Spongebob, of Mr. Krabs. Anytime he hears uh, any change hit the ground, he runs for any type of money he can find. I swear that is what this office is doing with every single draft pick they can find. Because they will take contracts. They will take uh, any player that um, you don't like of any kind just to get draft picks. And they're just going to keep putting more and more of them together. And I don't know if in the end we'll have to see whether they actually um, kind of package these up and put pretty little bows on them to try and use them to get some earlier picks. But they, you know, have a lot of picks. As it stands right now, they have three second round picks in 2024. Um, And um, where was I? Where was I was going backwards on this and then oh there we go and um eight in the first two rounds of the July draft so this here's the thing um I couldn't even remember that I had to like pull that up for my notes because of the fact that I was like I felt like there was five last time I checked oh wait now we're at eight you know it just keeps on like progressing more and more and more and um he they keep on trying to make this a future team of greatness yes i get that but they are banking on these being really really good draft classes between now and 2025 it and that is i think one of the scariest parts of all of this is everyone likes to talk about the fact that they're um, going to be playing at ASU next year. The thing you should be focusing on is they're putting all of their eggs in the draft pick basket. And are these draft picks actually going to pan out? Are they going to pan out in time for this team to be good by the time their new arena is built? This There's very small room for error, I feel like, in this if they're going to go this hard on it and go all out, there needs to be reward in it. That's certainly what we're all hoping for, right? And I think the thing that we need to keep in mind is that Bill Armstrong now can't bail on this plan. And what I mean by that is get ahead of the schedule, get get ahead of his fancy, I guess, and start to go, oh, I can use these draft picks to go acquire current talent, et cetera, et cetera, and try to move that timeline ahead. Because the last time that happened, it didn't work, 
right? And we saw that with trying to acquire, you know, acquiring Taylor Hall, bringing in Phil Kessel, those types of moves kind of backfiring in their face and didn't really lead to a whole heck of a lot, um, except one playoff victory in the Toronto bubble, or excuse me, the Edmonton bubble in that series against, um, in the series against uh, Colorado. That's it. That's all that amounted to. So that's the, that's the one thing I hope he doesn't do is get ahead of himself and try to move this thing forward and keep that same, you know, three-year timeline basically, right? So basically, and I've said this before, everything seemingly right now is lining up to this team becoming a younger competitive team that just then at that point you need a couple veteran players. By the time 2024, 2025 rolls around and Austin Matthews is a free agent. So, which by the way, I, um, Biz tweeted something out about Austin Matthews the other day and I replied on the sporty account and uh, boy, oh boy, were the people angry at me. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the tweet I sent or not, but I, I was, I just made oh, a joke. I was I like, did. oh, I was like, oh, he's going to look good in Arizona. And then the people, oh boy, the people were mad. People get very interesting when it comes to, well, one, when it comes to um, Canadian teams and the players on the Canadian teams, they get very um, frustrated as well. Someone in the comments had made a reference to weather and had also made a reference to the fact that every move um they make basically people and the press are constantly watching them. Whereas here they could just kind of roam freely without people recognizing them for the most part. And both of those facts are true, but they don't really like to hear them just as much as people always like to say that we don't like to hear negative things about the coyotes. We hear it all the time. We, we know the things that are shitty. We know the things that are good. And we will admit to them, I would say most of the time, I, there's very few times that Richie and I haven't actually just admitted something being shitty. Cause it just, it, it is what it is. And we know that they refuse to admit that like ever. It's always that Basically, this is the only place you're going to want to be that Arizona, especially out of any place, is the shittiest franchise ever. Why would anyone want to come to Arizona? (laughs) Yeah, and... uh, Literally the worst. (laughs) Yeah, and... um, Why? I just lost my train of thought for goodness sake. My goodness. I was going to, I was going to expand on something you just said. And then I completely forgot what it was. Uh, Does it have anything to do with the fact that they won't just stop talking on social media about how many seats are in um, ASU's arena and the fact that they don't think that, it will work when we have said multiple times we think it will work and everyone in the organization has said that it will work. Well, yes, that's a given. Yes. But what I was going to say was that um, you, you were talking about how like we like to tell it like it is on this show. I think the perfect example is that is how often do we actually talk about the on ice product this year on this show? Absolutely. Never, never. 
because there is no no point absolutely no point in talking about this team this season because they are god-awful we will admit to the fact that they are a god-awful team and that really watching them isn't really enjoyable but even in that they still what was the average this year was it eleven thousand? they actually had 13 the other day 13 on friday on friday yeah and um this is on a team that genuinely sucks ass like it just straight up this team sucks and they are still people are still showing up there's a lot of people that are dedicated to this team i can't wait to be in that arena feel that energy in that arena that's gonna be cool you know if places like uh grand canyon university which is in one of like the shittiest parts of town in the state i swear to god if they can make their basketball games seem like the coolest shit alive and like people on a national level actually know about their basketball games then an nhl team in the state can fill that arena you've got to be kidding me oh yeah 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 and if you want to tell me embarrassing all you gotta do is go look at the diamondbacks this past season god their stadium fits damn near 50,000. And I don't think they were getting 10,000 a game there. Yeah, so what, what, what would you rather right now is their lockout? Yeah, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a 5,000 seat arena that's packed with people that are excited to be there in an environment that is going to be very very unique, that is going to be really loud because it's going to be such a small place? Or would you rather have 10,000 people in a 50,000-seat stadium where you can hear a fucking pin drop? And I will tell you that because I actually bucked up money and paid to watch the Diamondbacks play in person multiple times this past season, one of which was a no-hitter, which was awesome. But the other game was terrible, and I wasn't there for no other reason, only to see um, Fernando Tatis play for the Padres and because Jordan asked me to go. And that was it. I was like, I have no reason to go watch this team play baseball. And and th- there was like nobody there. It was embarrassing because I think we went in the middle of the week. And I was like, Jesus, man, that's embarrassing. Okay? Playing in a 5,000-seat arena that's going to be completely full is not embarrassing. It's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. It's going to be unique. And it's going to be able allow this team to market themselves in a very, very unique way, which I love. In my opinion, because like you and I, we're both marketers, right? We we think in that marketing type of mindset. How cool is it going to be able to market that? Well, and the other thing too is they had gone, and, and we know this because um, of just like the world that we live in. Basically, the guy who used to be at Phoenix Rising had gone over to the Coyotes and had started essentially what they have at Phoenix Rising is uh the banditos section where Mm -hmm. it's just a whole group of fans that are just rowdy as hell and started creating that within gila river if you get a group of people that are like that in there and and we had said the same thing with the student section can you imagine a little bit of both if you got a student section type of a situation you got um the band I forget what they call they they have a name. They actually have a Yeah, Banditos. 
But but no, they're what is their version oh, for the coyotes? The coyotes. The coyotes. Oh gosh. Uh yeah. Let me like see if I can look it up. Let me see. Yeah, they even like created a Twitter account and everything. I'm pretty sure they had like a whole thing going on. You have a section of them, and then you have a section of just diehard fans and season ticket holders and all you will easily fill that place up and have it be loud as hell. It will be people that are actually excited to go. You'll you'll just probably have less of the people that are very casual about it. Um, but I think that's more of a fun environment. And the whole point of players wanting to play in big stadiums is because of the fact that there's it's a big stadium and there's a lot of people and it's loud. Well, this will give that type of environment in a much smaller crowd. Yeah, and I was I actually heard an interview with Bill Armstrong earlier this week, or at least a part of our interview, and somebody asked him about kind of this, what we were just talking about, which is how are you going to lure people to come play here? And he was like, listen, it's Arizona, okay? It's 70 degrees outside, and you can walk to rink in shorts. Literally, what is our favorite thing? It's uh, from the ASU um, – recruitment video that they had made of the uh you know i can head to the rink in my wife beater what does that mean it means i'm living the dream this is always the yeah. funniest thing that we ever like laughed about and that was when i was first going to asu and that was their recruitment video and literally their recruitment video also had like videos of them like with at pool parties with like, of course there was like girls in it and stuff. And it was like all year round we're at like, pool. there's no way that these young kids who a lot of them grew up in places that are super snowy and cold, aren't going to want to come to Arizona where it's nice most of the time. And they can, you know, try and get as far away from here as possible during the summertime, off-season time. And they can be here during all of the really nice weather while everyone else is shoveling snow. I actually, one of the people that I work with, he just broke his rib shoveling snow. Sounds awful. Guess what? You can come and be a coyote in Arizona. You don't have to deal with any snow. Genius. It markets itself is the thing that people I don't think understand. It's very marketable to come, as we all know, living here, now that we all can't fucking afford a house anymore. It's the state markets itself, for the most part, and the fact of it's nice weather, and, and Scottsdale especially. It, literally, people are on like the deep, deep hunt for houses in Scottsdale and you can't find them because there's such a shortage of them. And that is because people just want to go and live there. And then you have people that are like, you know, the, uh, uh, Paul Bissonnette's of the world and the Shane Doans and like who are retired NHLers who still live here. There's plenty of them. That's only two of the list of all the ones that still live here and like they stay here for a reason and that's its own you know testimonial to it it sells itself and yes players want to always play on a winning team but 
they're going to be setting themselves up in a situation where players that may not necessarily be looking to win right now, but they want a place that they can, you know, enjoy spending some time in, they'll come to Arizona. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, we have one more thing to talk about, which is um, the Tankathon simulation, which I feel like we haven't done in a month. We only feel like we only do it once a month anymore on this show because we oh, always boy. forget. And usually the results are pretty bad. But before we do that, we got to tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And we got a pretty good deal for you. If you haven't signed up for DK Sportsbook yet, you can do it now with the promo code THPN. And you can bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Bet on the Phoenix Suns, everybody. They're the best team in the NBA, even though Chris Paul is going to be out for a few weeks dealing with a broken thumb. Ouch. Um, Just found that out. On Sunday, right before the All-Star game. So, as is the case around the Phoenix parts, we can never have nice things. But, yes, t- promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook gets you a bunch of free free bets if you bet on the MBA. 21 plus, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void were prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text at TN Redline 1-800-889-7989. In Connecticut, call 888-789-777 or quadruple 7, I'm sorry. Or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 8778-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. Can you give a speech at my wedding? Where are you just like power through it like that? Where I just read the DraftKings ad? Well, no, no, it doesn't have to necessarily be the DraftKings ad. I want you to give like an actual like speech, but I want you to do it at that pace. Oh boy. Ugh. I probably <laughs> could. It'd be ridiculous. Less drinks in you, you'll be fine. Yeah, right. Yeah, just give me all the, give me, give me more old fashions. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I take it as a challenge. Uh, you have already won the challenge. I can tell you that much. Already have won it just off of the... And, I mean, you challenged um, someone on Brews and Bruins. And I, you won that, I think, is what we officially determined. So yeah, we did know. the DraftKings read off on the uh, with uh, with Drew and I won. See? Mhm. And today wasn't even one of my best reads. I kind of bumbled through it, but I made it through. So but even if I even on a bad day for a read, I can I still crush it. See? That's exactly it. It's it's a talent all on its own. Yes, it is. And speaking of talent, the Coyotes don't have much on the ice this year, but they're hoping to get some more in the 2022 NHL Draft Lottery. How about that for a transition? (laughs) That was solid. Solid. Does not get any better than that. So let's go to the 2022 NHL Draft Lottery simulation, courtesy of tankathon.com. The Coyotes currently have the second best odds in the NHL right now. 
because Montreal still has the least points per game in the NHL. Coyotes, by the way, did beat Dallas on Saturday night at Heath River Arena. So they picked up a couple extra points there. So Coyotes odds currently at 12.1%. Montreal at 16.6%. Seattle at 10.9%. So here we go. We're going to sim the lottery. Three, two, one. And crap again. Well, bad news, Corey. According to our latest simulation, the Coyotes will be picking fourth. Fourth? Yes. Fourth. <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. That was an, I thought you were going to say something much better than that. Nope. In this particular simulation, the F- Flyers hop up from 6 to 1 and the Buffalo Sabres hop up from 5 to 2. Oh, that would be some shit. If that happened, you can very happily hear me bitch all over Twitter cuz I will. I would be bitching so hard if that happens. Oh, yeah. Both of us would. 100%. Absolutely. So, again, this is why we never do this, because it always brings us pain and suffering. But uh, uh, I did have something else on the docket, but I think I'll save it for next week, because we're kind of running out of time here. It's a ridiculous story from the Olympics. It was one of the most ridiculous headlines I've ever read. But I'll, I'll share it with you after after we finish recording here. So, anyway, do you have any last thoughts, Corey? I, I do not. That that tankathon just got me all kinds of flustered, and I, I have nothing else. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate you. We will talk to you again next week on the show. Good night and good hockey, everybody.